0: Good evening, and welcome to the Legal Eagle Review, an informative and thought-provoking weekly show covering legal issues affecting everyday people. We know that there are many things you could be doing with your time, and we appreciate your decision to share this time with us. I'm Irving Joyner.
1: And I'm April Dawson. We're law professors at North Carolina Central University School of Law, and we're your co-hosts. The Legal Eagle Review is sponsored by the NCCU School of Law. We thank you for joining us this evening.
0: On June 30th, the National Collegiate Athletic Association, or the NCAA, approved a major rule change by enacting an interim name, image, and likeness policy, NIL. This new policy allows all student-athletes to be compensated for the use of their names, images and likeness, regardless of whether their state has a comparable law in place or not. This new NCAA NIL policy does not override state colleges or universities or conference specific rules, but creates new options for student athletes to profit from promoting products and engaging in commercial activities. This newly adopted policy will require student athletes and the institution to know and adhere to developing rules which address legitimate concerns about the NIL policy and rules in their state. Rules created by the athletic conferences and the applicable colleges and universities, which they attend. This policy represents a major departure from the past NCAA mandate, which prevented student athletes from receiving final, uh, financial assistance outside of the college scholarships, which, were pay, which paid for their tuition, fees, books, supplies, housing, and other educational necessities. In return for these scholarships or financial grants, schools were able to earn substantial revenue from their athletic operations, which were made possible by the work which these student athletes performed through their activities in the various athletic venues. Some colleges and universities earn millions, while other smaller institutions earned less. These stringent mandates which were placed on the student athletes were justified as a necessary way to maintain the amateur status of the student athletes and uphold the integrity of the sport. College students athletes now have the freedom to receive compensation for the use of their names, images and likenesses. However, they see fit as long as they do not violate the pay-for-play restrictions or receive financial incentives to sign with or continue to compete for a particular institution. This policy has already been tested and has resulted in at least one recent high school athlete signing an endorsement contract with Web Apps America, a technology company, for $2 million based upon his notoriety and projection as being an outstanding basketball player. This contract involved Hersey Miller, the son of Master P, who is now entering his freshman year at Tennessee State University, where he is expected to play. It's not a guarantee. Now that student athletes can earn money, what protections exist to prevent them from being exploited, abused, and misused. A couple of weeks ago, we discussed this issue from the perspective of the University Athletic Administration. Tonight, we're going to discuss this topic from the vantage point of the athlete with attorneys from the James Butch Williams law firm in Durham. For this discussion, I introduce you to sports attorneys James Butch Williams, Jessica Fields, and Cam Belton, all NCCU alone. We want to uh, thank our attorneys for uh, joining us here uh, this evening and taking away from their uh, their busy schedule. So uh, thank you. Uh, let Let me just start us out on, on this, uh, this this discussion by asking each of you to kind of talk about how and why you became sports attorney. So why don't we just start with the big man, Mr. Butch, and uh, get his rationale because he's been out here in the field for years and has represented a lot of uh, athletes uh, from uh, from Durham and is uh, certified as one of the top, uh sports agents and attorneys in the country. So attorney Williams. Good morning.
2: Good morning. Uh you uh it has been about 30 36 years that I've been doing uh for uh football and basketball. Uh, I started off when I was uh when I just got back from uh, the Marines, that was probably 1983, I came uh, back to Central I came back to uh, Durham and uh, two years later, some guys that played football at NCC they wanted to say, how can we go with the NFL? How can we do that? Well, I didn't do nothing. I mean I was doing some some other stuff. I said, well, let me call so I called twenty seven people it, it, at that point at that it was twenty eight uh, but I got to 27 and they let us come on in. And from that point they were there for a while, but, uh, they let them go. But on that part, I said, well, I really like that man. And so that was in 1984. That's where I just started to, that I can do. And, uh, I went and I for about uh, six years, nobody was coming. Nobody was coming. And eventually, uh, night, 19- in 1990, somebody came, and from that point forward, I went—you know—I went all the way up, dealing with the uh, UNC and, and things like that. So that's where I've been uh, for about 36 years, doing what I can do with football and basketball.
0: Okay, Attorney uh, Fields, you, you're more recent uh, in the uh, sports uh, attorney. Uh, uh, delegation. So, kind of, can you just kind of explain to our audience how you got involved as a uh, sports attorney?
3: Um, my interest in sports um, started back um, in high school as a young girl growing up in downtown Newport News. Uh, Friday nights is high school sports. It's you know football. It's like religion there. And growing up watching Michael Vick and Alan Iverson and Ronald Curry and them play on Friday and Saturday nights. That's where my, um, interest started. Um, and then as I saw players that I, that were classmates that I grew up with going on to have college, um, careers and go to the NFL, it really, um, piqued my interest and I wanted to help these young guys, um, at the time from my hometown area, um, that are going on to um, have professional careers, um, growing up not having much. Um, these guys come from the same kind of background as me, and I wanted to help them, you know, be successful not only on the field, on the court, but also um, in life and help them to grow and have wealth, for not only themselves but their families for years to come. So that's where my interest came, and that's what got me into.
0: Started to do sports management. Okay, now
4: Attorney Belton. Good morning. And uh, thanks again for inviting us on uh, to talk. Uh, but like Jessica, my interest in sports, you know, started at a young age, I played every sport, uh, but I mainly concentrated on basketball and I was fairly decent, got recruited by a few schools, but uh, I ended up suffering a couple injuries and before that time, my main focus was just playing basketball and where am I going to get a scholarship to play basketball? But uh, kind of when I got hurt, things changed. And so I had to think of a, a career path outside of actually playing, but still wanted to remain around sports and within sports. So I ended up going to UNC Chapel Hill and my mentor there, Dr. Deborah Stroman, uh, kind of pushed me towards law school. And uh. I had heard of Mr. Williams, you know, growing up, um, but she actually knew Mr. Williams. And we had a couple of mutual friends that put me in contact with him. And um, it's just amazing how God works. And he showed me, you know, you know, life outside of the courtroom, but also um, the world of sports and how the economics and business behind sports. Um, And so that's kind of how, you know, I became a sports attorney, but also a criminal defense attorney as well. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's my, that's my path.
0: Well, well, some people say that there's not a big difference between a criminal attorney and a sports attorney anyway. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> ha- having said that, uh, can you kind of talk about, you know, what is it that a, uh, that the sports attorney, uh, that the sport attorney does?
2: Well, the first thing, uh, especially, uh, if you're doing an an attorney as opposed to just you going with football and basketball like that, that's a totally different situation. Uh, A lot of things with, as an, as an attorney, these are things that we cannot do. Uh, Things that, you know, you, you can't go talk to people, you know, somebody getting, get in trouble, they come and talk to you, you know, you can't just, Go out there, and say, "Hey, this is me. This is me. Come, come get me. Come get me." Same thing with, with if you're doing football and basketball, you can go out there and knock on the door, say, "Hey, come, come with me. Come with me." As an attorney, we can't do that. So that's part of the situation that I've always said: uh, we can't go deal with the schools saying that we're an attorneys, and that's what we want. Cam or
0: Jessica, you want to add? add to
4: that? I'll add to that a little bit just as a sports attorney or attorney period you know we're advocates and when it comes to the sports side we are advocating for our player our client and making sure they're protected on and off the field so like you're saying you know our lives as in our instance a criminal attorney kind of overlaps with being a sporting attorney just you know things happen trouble happens um, but as we protect rights in the courtroom, we protect rights on and off the field as well, whether or not it's they get hurt or within endorsements and marketing, um, as we're talking today, um, it does kind of overlap.
0: Well, you know, I think our audience need to just kind of reflect on the fact that most of the, uh, the people that you end up representing are really teenagers or just past the teenager stage, young adults. Uh, stage beginning at roughly 18 19 uh, years of age and uh, in this community uh, many of them come from uh, unrepresented uh, communities communities without a lot of, uh, uh, of of resources such that they can easily be exploited in the uh, athletic uh, in the athletic realm now we have well let me just ask you this first of all uh, all your feelings about this new uh, names, images, and likeness policy that the uh, NCAA has uh, has uh, has created, and how does that expand upon what it is that uh, that 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 you do or can do as an attorney? So, why don't we start with uh, uh, attorney Fields on this? Okay, with some
3: things um, that I really like about the policy. Is that these, you know, young men, they get to um, capitalize on, you know, earlier, you know, coming out of high school, you have to wait three years, you know, at the minimum before you're able to be drafted. And so you have to wait that long before you're able to reap some of the benefits of your hard work and um, this new rule it allows them to benefit a little bit earlier. So I think it's it's good for these guys. Um, I know for them, you know, some of their backgrounds, where they're coming from, sports is their way out for them. And sports is the way that they're going to help themselves and their families to a better life. So being able to um, reach some of those benefits um, a little earlier, is for some guys, it's going to be life-changing, um, whether it's a couple of thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars, being able to capitalize off their name, image, and likeness um, earlier in the stage is really going to help them.
0: Attorney Williams, you wanted to say something with that? Well, I'm I'm old school.
3: And
2: uh, do I like that? I would say no, Uh, because because, uh, what the, either the attorneys or the people who want to deal with football and basketball, they, there are people out there that have always given these guys money right up front. That's what they've been doing. And uh, guys get in trouble, especially uh, young guys, when they get in trouble, you got a problem. Okay. Now we got it where you don't have to deal with it uh, because, uh-oh, I
4: messed up. Hold up.
0: I'll turn the belt and you want to chime
4: in? My first reaction was is I kind of liked it uh, just because, you know, you have these big organizations like the NCAA and the conference and schools making billions of dollars off these TV contracts, apparel, and everything, and the player is literally getting nothing but a free education. Um, and so although these new changes don't, give the players a cut of that money it does give them an opportunity to um, gain some compensation for their values and kind of how Jessica was saying that you know this may keep kids in school longer because they're not forced to go pro because they need to make money for their family so they're going to have you know some money in their pocket to where they can remain in school i also think that this will you know direct you know, the big time players, hopefully choosing an HBCU, because in the past, a lot of the big time names, they go to these big schools and power conferences because of the exposure and they're trying to build their brand. But now a lot of these players are coming to college with their brands already established. And with the advancement of technology, um, you don't necessarily need to be in this big market um, to promote yourself anymore. So hopefully um, things shift towards keeping the dollar close and, you know, bringing these big time players. And we're already starting to see a shift to that um, coming to the smaller schools and the HBCUs.
0: This is the legal eagle review and we're gonna have to take a break uh, right now. Uh, Attorney Williams has been able to uh, reconnect and we're gonna get back with him as soon as we get past uh, our our break. Uh, We're talking about the new NCAA student athletic policy which allows students, athletes to uh, profit from their names, their images, and likeness. It's a new policy that is in place, and uh, we're just talking about the pros, the cons, and the protections associated with that. We're taking our break right now. I want you to stay with us, and we'll be right back.
3: Good evening. My name is Hannah Gaines, and I'm a current senior at North Carolina Central University, and this is your Community Event Spotlight. The event that we are highlighting is the Black Farmer's Market. This event is going on now and doesn't end until December 12th. It's from 1.30 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. at the Golden Belt. This is a great opportunity to not only get local products, but also an amazing way to support Black-owned businesses. You can learn more about this event by visiting www dot durham community engagement dot org slash events.
0: Okay, we're back on the uh, legal eagle review, uh, where we're talking about the uh, new NCAA uh, student athletic policy dealing with uh, the names, images, and likenesses and. The ability of student athletes to profit uh, from those uh, going forward. Our guests uh, for this discussion are uh, Attorney uh, James uh, Butch Williams, uh, Attorney Jessica Fields, and Attorney Cam Belton, all uh, from uh, Durham and represent uh, athletes uh, in the uh, in this uh, marketplace. When we uh, took our break, uh, we were talking about uh, they. Uh, the, the opinions of the uh, attorney about this uh, new uh, policy and uh, Attorney Williams had got disconnected uh, from us in our Zoom studio. So we're gonna go back and uh, get his uh, his comments on that. And then we're gonna continue this discussion.
2: Well, when it first happened uh, and uh, Tam and I, we were sitting there talking, we said, what's going on? And then uh, one of the guys at UNC, UNC They, uh, first thing they got, uh, he got some money right there. I said, Oh, how can you do that? How can you do that? It's not supposed to do that. So, the first thing we did, we won't call because he, uh, as the attorneys, we do, we have to call over to UNC, the guy who runs the show, to say, Hey, because you can't talk to us. Ton of the kids, you can't talk, you can talk, you can't talk to their mother, you can't talk to anybody, you got to talk to him, and then they can talk to them, and then eventually, uh, we've been able to sit down to them, okay? Now, when I called the guy, and we were saying, Well, what's going on, uh, dealing with money and stuff like that for these kids, what can we do? He said, You can call anybody that you want. And I said, no, no, no. How can we do that? It's not like that. He said, we don't do this no more. And uh, NCAA say we don't have to do that no more. You can call anybody that you want. And I want to make sure that you take care of these kids because these guys are getting money for these kids. And uh, we we, we're really upset. I said, wow. And we sat back and we talked. And he said, for real, can we do that? And uh, we, we we sent right that to him and said, hey. Is this for real? Because I don't want to get in trouble. That's the first thing as an attorney uh, in North Carolina, you know, you can go to jail if you do something that you're not supposed to do. And they said, no, you can do it. So now I'm looking at these kids. You got some getting some money and some are not, you know? Uh, So that's what I'm kind of upset with monies coming to these kids. You know, because what's going to happen the next time, you know, if you're an attorney and you put some money in, I just gave you some money for this right here. Now, what you're going to do when we come with the NFL or NBA? You got to be my man, you know, and that's where I think a whole lot of problems coming in for me. Mm Yeah.
1: And I, I think, Attorney Williams, what you're hitting upon is um, what is so challenging about this situation. Um, so uh, both attorneys, uh, Fields and Belton, mentioned that these young people are able to generate wealth. Um, it does have some positive impacts, but there are some serious potential pitfalls as well. Like, And so what are your thoughts about how we negotiate and how the young people kind of navigate what potentially could be a minefield? And uh, let's see, Attorney Fields, let's start with you.
3: Um, Well, I think um, the athletes still, I mean, they need guidance, of course, and we're here to help them, you know, through that process. And I think uh, a lot of it has to do with being true to who you are. Um, You know, the money is out there, but you don't have to take everything that's, you know, thrown at you and um, make sure you stay true to your brand and who you are when you're picking, um, you know, different brands to um, promote and also not entering into contracts without Having you know someone look over it, I think that's the big thing. Sometimes you know some of these athletes, they're just entering into things. The money is there. Let's go, um, without having anyone look over it, and that's where they get themselves in trouble.
1: And Attorney Belton,
4: I 100% agree. Um, at the end of the day, these I'm thinking of myself as an 18-year-old. If somebody were to reach out to me and I give you ten thousand dollars, I'm like, you know, where do I where do I sign? Um, And so I'm 32 now, so my mindset's a little bit different. So I have to think back of how an 18 year old would think seeing that type of money. And so I think it's a good thing as long as they're protected. So they're selling their brand to make money. So they're essentially a business. So some things they need to think about is possibly consulting with a professional to create a business entity. Um, So they're protected personal liability and for its purposes. Um, A lot of things, like she said, uh, to have somebody review these contracts, make sure their IP is correct, um, protected, uh, because a lot of their they're telling their brands, their logos, their slogans. So they need to make sure these marks are trademarked and copywritten um, so they're protected. And that goes for securing websites and social uh, media handles, because social media is really what's driving this, um, because it's essentially they're getting paid to be influencers. And so they want to protect all these things so people aren't squatting on, uh, you know, ButchWilliams.com or at Butch Williams. So, you know, when they do try to secure these names, they don't have to go around and pay somebody thousands of dollars just to have a website of their own name. Um, And so having somebody review these contracts to make sure the compensation is correct, um, the scope of services so they don't open themselves up to uh, breach of contract, even creative control having, uh, you know, final say-so on what my face is put on before the commercial is released, Um, and uh, just making sure that the athlete is fully aware of everything that is required of them under the contract, and I think it's important to have a non-biased or uninterested third party, such as an attorney or an agent that may not have a be getting a cut from the deal, but is strictly there to review the contract and sit down with them and explain line for line, this is what you're signing up for. Um, and so I think that's gonna be very important moving forward.
0: You know, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the dangers that you've described it, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's mind boggling. And uh, I, I, I was just reflecting on uh, the uh, entertainers uh, that uh, we have, uh, starting back in the 50s and 60s, uh, who wanted to be uh, star uh, entertainers and became star entertainers and signed uh, contracts and then later determined uh, that they were not getting true value uh, for the uh, work that, uh, that they were uh, putting in. How do you propose to help these athletes? And at this early level, you're talking about literally millions of uh, potential athletes, not all like Hershey Miller, uh, who's going to end up with a $2 million deal, but uh, more in the uh, $1,000 realm, as uh, Attorney Belton was talking about. So how do you propose to, to help them? to understand the perils and consequences of what they do.
2: Let me uh, let me say this right here. Uh, there's been about five to six people calling to the office when it first happened and in, in that period of time. It was the mothers and their fathers calling when this thing came, when it really happened. You know, what can we do? How can we do? Uh, you know, how can we take care of my son? How can we do that? You know, And we sit down and we talk about the same thing that Cam was talking about. These are the things you're supposed to, you know. Uh, we don't know if somebody's gonna get some, bring some money or maybe not, you know. We start thinking about who's number one. If you start number ones that are going, to, you know, that's gonna be number one, you can go ahead and people wanna give money. But you got little guys here then nobody's trying to give him anything. Those are the ones that we deal with, you know, because everybody's going to, like you said, the guy with $2 His His daddy's right there, and that's why he stepped in. He's got attorneys. he got all that kind of stuff. And we don't know if he's going to be good or not, you know. But my thing is we deal with the mothers and fathers are there or people close to him to figure out these are the things that you want
4: to do. And also I think one thing that's also important is the NCAA is leaving this up to essentially the conferences and schools to create their own policies if they don't have state legislation. So a lot of these athletes, you know, if they're not at the big time schools and not projected to be a top draft pick, they're not making, you know, the big, big money. And so you want to make sure you are uh, complying with your, your school's policy. So you're not forfeiting your eligibility or your ability to play for that school. Um, because you don't wanna sign a contract that conflicts with your schools or conference contracts um, and things of that nature. Um so you don't wanna risk, you know, making five hundred dollars for an Instagram post and then you can't play anymore. It's just it's not worth that. So that needs to be plain to them clearly
1: and And that raises a question about value. And so, how would an athlete determine their value? And as as you know, you all have already discussed, there there will be different levels of value. So you've got the star high school athlete uh, who already has, you know, uh, millions of followers. Their value is going to be, uh, is clearly seen, uh, but you still may have a student athlete who has value because they are known within their local community. And so what advice do you give to these young people about how to start determining the value of their name, image, and likeness?
4: Um, I think that just goes with, it's kind of hard to compare the market because this is, this is so new, this hasn't been done before, um, but you definitely just want to, that's why it's important to seek counsel. Um, so for agents and attorneys that have dealt with this on a similar fashion to help advise that, you know, a fair amount of, of payment um, for this exchange of service or Instagram posts or whatever it may be, you just want to make sure it's fair. I don't think there should be a limit, um, but that's kind of the wild, wild west right now. And that's why a lot of these institutions and schools were scared because they don't want a local business or car dealership to pay somebody $10 million just to post a picture of a car. But on the back end, it's just uh, in consideration of them staying at a certain school um, or staying for staying for a certain amount of years. Um, and so I don't think there's I think it's going to be difficult determining a fair amount of value. Just want to make sure that it's fair, if that makes sense. They're not getting uh, kind of screwed over.
1: And so, what type of problems are created um, at the at the college and university level? So, you all have touched upon this a little bit, but want to get your your thoughts on uh, how these new rules are creating challenges for. The colleges and universities in terms of policing, and, and not so much policing the athletes, but making sure that the athletes uh, don't act in a manner that's inconsistent with the university and colleges' brand and view of itself, making sure that their athletes aren't taken advantage of, especially if you have athletes who have not been able to consult with an attorney. Attorney Fields?
3: Um, I think um, a lot of these universities' athletic departments now have been you know, begun to get um, policies in place for um, their student athletes. So they're able, they've also um, created programs to help them learn and educate them on the process um, and how to use their name, image, and likeness. Um, I think um, the student athletes, a lot of the universities, still have to get approval for the university on a lot of the um, promotions and brands that you use before you actually put you know put into place you looking up they're looking over the contracts as well because some athletes they won't reach out to agents or attorneys but they do have a university behind them that that is also looking over the contracts and making sure that it doesn't conflict with the university policies and concerns as well so um universities are taking some steps now and put it into place some
4: policies and procedures. I think one issue they may be running into is that a lot of these contracts that you know, these athletes sign have confidentiality clauses in them. And so would they be breaching the contract because they're required by their school to submit, you know, this contract for approval or review. So I think that's important when negotiating is to have the confidentiality clause narrowly tailored, so maybe the compensation uh, can't be disclosed, but the kind of scope of services and generic general overview of the contract can be disclosed, but not necessarily the terms and conditions.
0: Attorney Williams, you had a point you were going to make.
4: Uh,
2: no, what, what he was saying, you know, because I talked to a couple uh, uh, ADs uh, we've been talking and going back and forth, but what can we do? And a lot of them say, I just don't know what I can do. You know, we're trying to figure it out with the N- uh, NCAA, what can we do and this and, and going back and forth. Cause we really don't know. Uh, and it's just been for about six months or so before we find out what's really going to happen, you know,
0: you know, you, you mentioned earlier that you had had, uh, uh, contact with, uh, some parents of uh, these uh, student uh, athletes, and, and and truth be told, uh, in in many instances, it is the parents that are exploiting uh, yep. these yep. Uh, the the these young. You are right. You are right. You're uh, what right. what is the attorney's responsibility in uh, uh, determining or helping the uh, athletes to understand when or not that they are being be uh, uh, exploited by parents as well as by the uh, businesses?
2: Well, the first thing, uh, first one who called said, oh, they got the money. They got some money out there. What can we do? What 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 can we do? We need to go ahead and get that thing in there. I said, hold it, man. We can't really do what you're talking about. Number one, he's not going to be a one, two, or three. So somebody coming that way and you're from a different uh, you're not UNC or anything like that. Uh, he needs to, you know, slow down. And then Cam told him, these are the things that he need to do. If you're doing 500,000 calling as opposed to just 50, uh, somebody calling in, that's not going to happen. So you need to go back and, and see. And that's what these young folks do. I don't know that kind of stuff. But if you're doing 50,000, with people calling in calling in calling in that's where you get your money from okay and so we had to tell her that and so and i've talked to her a couple times and you know she said oh now I understand what's really going on but i know what they want us if they're getting if my man's getting two million i want something too for us and for my kids and all of that so uh that's what's going on with that
1: All right. You're listening to the Legal Eagle Review here on WNCU 90.7 FM. And we've been talking this hour about student athletes being compensated or the ability to be compensated for the use of their names, images and likenesses. We've been talking this hour with attorneys from the James Butch Williams Law Firm. We have attorney James Butch Williams, Jessica Fields, and Cam Belton. They are all proud NCCU alums. We're going to have to take a quick break. We hope you stay with us. We'll be right back.
2: Good evening. My name is Reginald Woods II. And I am a current 2L at the North Carolina Central University School of Law. And I would like to personally thank you for supporting and listening to the Legal Eagle Review, an informative and thought-provoking show that is made possible by the Virtual Justice Project of the North Carolina Central University School of Law, as well as listeners like yourself. For more information regarding the show or past episodes or the latest happenings surrounding our hosts, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Legal Eagle Review. Again, my name is Reginald Woods II, and thank you for listening.
1: Thank you again for tuning in to the Legal Eagle Review here on WNCU 90.7 FM. I'm April Dawson, and my co-host Irving Joyner and I have been talking about student athletes and their ability to now be compensated for the use of their name, image, and likeness. And we have with us here in our Zoom studio, sports attorneys, James Butch Williams, Cam Belton, and Jessica Fields. So right before the break, uh, we've been talking about um, just well, right before the break, we were talking about students being taken advantage of sometimes um, by uh, people within their close circle and and the need for these young people. Attorney Belton, you mentioned, you know, you're reflecting back when you were 18 and you were um, being recruited and, you know, and, and all of us, when we think about being 18, there's a lot that we think we understand, but we really don't. Um, There's a question about, you know, when we're thinking about these contracts, and and there are a number of clauses, and Attorney Belton, you mentioned one clause in particular, so a confidentiality clause, and that those that are signing these contracts need to be really mindful of that. Can you talk about other types of clauses and contracts um, or characteristics of contracts that would make them a good deal versus a bad deal?
4: This is... At the end of the day, they're trying to, you know, make money or seek compensation. So, one, do you want to know, you know, how much I'm being paid? Am I paying in cash? Am I being being paid in percentage of sales? Or am I getting paid in goods and services, merchandise? Um, a lot of another qu- clause would be the exclusivity. So, if a player or college athlete were to sign with Domino's, it would make sense that Domino's didn't want a player to sign with Pizza Hut. But you don't want to limit yourself and say that Domino's is the only food and beverage company that I can sign with um, because there's different areas of that. Another clause that people or area people don't really know about is FTC has a social media endorsement guideline. And basically it's a your endorsements have to be genuine. So you can't sign with Gatorade and say, hey, um, I took one sip and it added 20 inches to my vertical. So they just don't want to be taking these uh, random companies that reach out, say, hey, can you pub this real quick? Like, no, this needs to be a product that they actually use and give genuine endorsements about. Um, And so those are kind of, you know, some key concepts during the contract that they need to be aware of.
1: And if these contracts are a multi-year deal, do we know what the future holds? And and are there some implications of signing something that might lock a student in for, you know, two, three, or four years?
4: That's another uh, area of the contract need to be aware. Like, so if you are giving this company permission to use your name, image, and likeness, is it for a Even though the contract is for a limited amount of years, that may be they'll pay you for three years, but they have rights to use your name, image and likeness forever. So you just want to make sure all the terms are uh, in stone and very clear as to both parties' rights and responsibilities under the contract.
0: And then they also have the right to throw you away. Uh, you know, uh, Attorney <laughs> Belton, you, you you talked about uh, your your days as a as a player uh, was uh, curtailed by uh, by injury, right? Uh, and for uh, every uh, athlete, uh, injuries can uh, spell doom uh, for your uh, athletic uh, career, and I would think that you know, uh, uh, April had talked about the value uh, before. Uh, that uh, an injury to to an athlete can significantly erode the value that they have to a commercial enterprise uh, that might want to use them.
4: Right. Um, and these, these, we're talking about name, image, and likeness. And so even though it's specifically for marketing, at the end of the day, their name, image, and likeness is kind of still tied to their performance on and off the field. Um, and so although they may be hurt. Technically, they're still getting paid to use their name, image, and likeness, and it should be a distinction, but it is kind of a great area. Um, and that players, I think if they're, they're in their sport, I think, and they pay attention to professional sports, they understand that it is a business. So the NFL, they get hurt, they cut you, and they move on to the next one. Um, and it's kind of cutthroat, but I think they're going to realize earlier on, you know, just the world of business and value and, you know, protecting yourself at all times.
1: And Attorney Belton, um, I I think that's a a really good point. And Attorney Fields kind of mentioned uh, earlier on in this um, episode about the students being exposed to, I think, wealth generation. And so, Attorney Fields, can you talk about how the ability to engage in basically a business, building their own brand can open up students being exposed to being entrepreneurs and, and how that can benefit these young people, even if they don't go on to have pro careers.
3: Yes, um, like you just said, some of these guys, they won't go on to have pro careers and being able to generate some wealth you know, now starting in college and building a brand, it's going to be important for them to continue on in their careers. Uh, it will help them build their careers and build that business that they're looking um, to build. I think one of the things I always try to do for my clients is I don't want them to just, you know, I want them to go on the field on the court and do um you know, the work, but I also want them to be thinking about what they want to do after You know, do they want to, you know, do real estate? Do they want to, you know, what else do they want to do? And I think this opportunity allows them to think um, a lot earlier about that. And it's important that these, you know, they realize that they are a brand and it starts early and now it started even earlier. But for me, I, I try to make them think about, you know, even in high school, like you're building the brand, your attitude, what kind of teammates you are, you know, how you talk to your coaches, and so I think it's important for, um, you know, these young athletes to realize that, you know, building the brand starts early and you can go out on the field and perform, but if you have a bad attitude or, you know, you're not liked, you know, the endorsements are not going to come um, like you may think they will because, there's a lot that goes into the brand. So I just think it's important for these guys to realize they're building a the brand and to think about, you know, the entrepreneur side of it and what kind of business they want to build and, you know, from there grow and do that.
0: Yeah, well, when you're talking about the brand, uh, another concern is the uh, brand for the attorneys uh, because you all are certified. Uh, in order to uh, represent uh, these uh, these athletes uh, what cautionary signs are there for you all and how you handle uh, these this new emerging situation now in advising uh, these young people and their families uh, about this uh, this name image and likeness uh, policy?
2: Well I was dealing with uh, NFL P A And that's the one that uh, for us to do with football and basketball, uh, that's the ones we have to do. okay. and uh, they are saying right now that you need to step back for these guys because the problem comes up that if we put any money in there before, before this happened, you put any money in there, then they will they will you won't be for a year, two or three years. They will shut you out based on if you gave some money to the kids before. Now you give it money. Now what can we do? And the NFL, PA, they've been saying, no, y'all need to step back because if anything that you do beyond that part and what it deals with, uh, you don't, uh, once they graduated or they finished coming back with the NFL, uh, now you can step in. If you go before that time, then you have a problem. Now putting the money in there, you better be careful that they don't have to say, "Uh, because you gave me some money, then you got to come with me. And that's what the whole thing that they're, they're working out uh, to deal with what you have to do.
4: Yeah, something uh, Mr. Williams, you know, stresses a lot is like genuine relationships and loyalty. So before, you know, we're recruiting these athletes and and things like that and You know, bigger agencies with more capital or people who don't do things the right way may, you know, flash some money in front of a kid's face. And, you know, they they sign with them. And that's not the type of relationship that we want to have. We have a genuine relationship um, because we care about you. Like Jessica was saying, you know, the playing career is short. Um, You know, Mr. Williams has clients he represented 20 years ago and they were in the office last week. And that's the type of relationship that we try to build with these clients, um, not just for their playing career, but um, Mr. Williams has been to their wedding, um, you know, knows all their kids. One client even gave him a Super Bowl ring one year. So that's just the type of bond that we try to, um, you know, hopefully have with our clients.
1: Yeah. And that raises a good question about, you know, we've been talking about the need for for these young people and, and their families to reach out and seek guidance and expertise and counsel from lawyers and sports agents. And so what other advice or what, what else should um, these folks be looking for? So people who, are, who, are, who have care and concern beyond just what the student athlete does on the field or on the court, uh, what else should they look about or look for when considering who to hire to be their sports attorney or agent?
4: <laughs> One thing I know for uh, North Carolina and most states is that you need to be registered within the state um, with North Carolina, it's with the Secretary of State, and there's dues, or there's an application that we have to fill out, and there's dues you have to pay every year, so you want to make sure that the agent or attorney that you're signing with is registered within the state to act as an agent, um, because that can have ramifications um, down the line. I don't know if you're familiar with the Zion Williamson lawsuit that's going on, but part of that reason it got shut down is because the agent he signed with at the time was not a registered agent in North Carolina. So you want to do your due diligence um, and see who you're choosing to represent you.
0: And, and that's 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 a big point. Uh, how, how, how does the uh, parent make that determination? Or how does the uh, athlete make that determination? Is there a database uh, that is available that they can uh, go to, uh, to obtain that information?
2: Yeah, you can go to NFLPA and the N-
0: NBAPA.
2: Both of them have it right there. You know, you can go back and pull up like Cam. You can pull his name up, what he's done, how many he's done, the ones that you know, he had any problems or anything like that, uh, they can pull it up right there, you know. Uh, a lot of times uh, people who, uh, like, like say, I went this year, you know, I was uh, NFL this year and you come back with a guy behind that and say, that's the guy right there. That's my man. He does this. He does that. And that goes from that part when you talk to the mother, uh, they come and talk then you talk with the mother and fathers or whoever, and we sit down and they can figure out who you are and what you are. You know, as long as it doesn't deal with money, you know, they can sit down and understand who you are. At one time, we had the one over at UNC where hey, you, I was telling you before, you have to call to the guy and the guy will call to his mother and father and them. And then eventually we will sit down and talk what it is. Uh, it's not like it's not there now because it just happened. But before, that's what he was doing. Uh, to make sure who you are, what you are, so you don't have to deal with other people.
0: Well, one other question I have for, for all three of you, and that has to do with uh, uh, the ability of the uh, student to sign a contract. Uh, we, we, we assume that uh, just because you're an athlete that you have legally the ability to sign a contract. But in law, we know that that's not true. Uh, so at what point? Is the athlete independently able to uh, sign a contract on their behalf? You got
2: to be 18 or 21. 18, you can you can sign. 21, uh, normally I will give it to you, and you can go ahead to your father. You can go talk to somebody else, or we can go one each one. Everything that you sign, we go from the beginning to the end. Anything that you say. Tell me what you need and I can tell you what it's gonna be money-wise, things like that before you sign. And then in North Carolina, you also they give you, you get a uh, three days, uh, three days that you can come back. Is it Sam? Sam is it? Uh, separate, yeah, okay. Well I said it right. Uh you can come back and say, no, nah, even though you sign and say, no, nah, I don't want to do it. And you can come back on that part. So those are the things that we deal with.
1: And so we just have a few minutes left and uh, wanted to have each of you share um, if, if it was you, if you, knowing what you know as being experts in this field, or if you had a, a son or daughter who was um, a young person who had the potential of monetizing their name, image and likeness because they're a student athlete, what is one or two pieces of advice that, that you would give them that you have not already shared?
4: it's your brand. It's it's your name, your face, it's you. Um, I would just be very strategic about who you align yourself with. And, you know, this goes beyond the NIL stuff. It's just when you're younger, you don't think about your actions could have consequences down the line. And so when you're aligning yourself with certain companies or people and things like that it may be good in the moment, but you know, it could have ramifications, you know, signing with a company now, then down the line, you're not planning anymore. You run and run for president, but they got commercials and ads and stuff for you when you were 21 and, and stuff like that. You just want to be very careful about um, and strategic about your brand planning and the campaigns that you're signing up for. And also doing your due diligence about who you're signing up with to represent
1: you. Attorney Fields?
3: Um, I think, again, like Cam was saying, like this is your brand um, and you want to make sure that your brand, your brand reflects what you want it to reflect. So um, I think um, a bit of advice is just making sure that you are taking the time to really do the due diligence and make sure that um, you being represented the way that you want to be represented. And, you know, 10 years from now, you can look back and not feel a certain way about how you were portrayed. um, And also just making sure you align yourself with people who have your best interests in mind. And I think that's the best piece of advice I could get: is make sure you align yourself with people who have your best interests in mind. And don't be afraid to ask for help if you feel that you need, if you need someone to review something, don't be afraid to reach out and just think, I gotta do it on my own. I don't wanna, you know, rely on anybody else to do it it's okay to you know ask
2: for and need help real quick i'll say uh what i've always tell these kids just like that all good money ain't good money you know just be careful you know somebody coming in with some money keep it going say hey i appreciate it but you keep on going uh even with this situation right now you need to understand what it is how it is you know if i want to be there If I'm trying to do football or basketball, let me stay right where I am. I'm in school. You know, if some money comes through here, then I will say, hey, let me talk to my mother. Let me talk to my father. Let me talk to an an attorney when my father and them tell me we can sit down and talk. Because all good money ain't good money.
1: right well that is all great advice to end on unfortunately we're out of time but we'd like to thank you attorneys from the james butch williams law firm sports attorneys james butch williams jessica fields and Cam belton Uh, and we've been talking this hour about student athletes ability to monetize their name image and likeness we hope you've enjoyed the show and thank you so much for spending your sunday evening with us if you have any questions or comments please send us an email you can reach us at legal eagle review at nccu.edu and if you ever miss this show on sunday you can find the show on our legal eagle review podcast Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Until next week, stay informed, engaged, healthy, and safe.